Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Bleed Orange Blue podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Cortez. I am joined today, as always, by the one and only Chris Persianen. Chris, how are you? It's so good to be back. <laughs> I'm so ex- dude, I'm so excited for this episode, this season, this first game on Friday. Like, I'm fired up. I, I know, especially as someone who is writing several articles a week about a sport that was not going on while for this sport was not going on, like, I know how, like, dull the no news period <laughs> got. Oh, so draft night dude the feeling i had on draft night right before our pick was like the top of a roller coaster like you know <laughs> whatever is about to happen is about to be wild yeah and i just like obi wasn't my guy but i just love having someone to root for now like i i got right. i already got my obi statement jersey you know what i mean like you see, you see that turnaround <laughs> like that. Was, that wasn't my guy. We talked on the pod about how that wasn't my guy, and right, right. I already got it. I, I, Christmas Day, one of my, that's one he, of the he's already won me for. over. It's one of the few things I asked for is a OB jersey for Christmas. Man, I, I'm a I'm a shill for this team. <laughs> uh, I I love the New York Knicks, man. I really I straight up bleed orange and blue. No joke. Like I cannot hey, I hear wait. That. I, hear that. I cannot wait for this season. I'm excited. I'm fired up. I'm glad to be back on the show. Everything's been good. I'm in the middle of finals week, honestly, so things have been crazy. But I need this break, get my <laughs> mind off the middle ages for a quick minute. And even though it is always on the Knicks, now I have an excuse for it to be on the Knicks. So, you know, good good to be on the show, man. I just I'm glad we're back. Uh, yeah, man, we we've 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 struggled a little bit to find a day to to get back on the mic because you're you're busy, I'm busy. Um, it's, you know, just everything going on. It we, is how it a is. A lot of handle, but you know, we we love talking about the Knicks. Here we are. <laughs> back, so, we're ready. I mentioned Obi. I think a good place for us to start. Talk about the draft, dude. What was your reaction when uh when we took Obi um, at eight? I'm gonna be honest. When as soon as I saw him drop, well, not when when I saw Patrick Williams go four, I I had that gut feeling. I was like, you knew. I was like, I knew it already. I was like, no, nah, man. Like that. I know. That, I know. Acora was your guy. You were probably hoping oh, Cleveland man. would take because if Cleveland took top in at five, yeah, I had Atlanta, a feeling he probably would have. And Atlanta didn't take Acora at six. He would have been there yeah. at eight. Yeah, I really wanted Isaac Okoro. I can't wait to see him. But, yeah, man, when I saw Patrick Williams drop, um, when he was drafted fourth, I I had that gut feeling. And I was just like, oh, man, we're taking Obi. I know we are. There's no way. Like, if he passes by Cleveland, I I don't see um, who are the next teams, Atlanta or Detroit taking. Detroit. So, I knew Detroit wanted Killian. I knew that. I, was- I, was, I was kind of preparing myself. Um and Denny was still there. I actually wanted Denny. I was like, you know what? I didn't expect Denny to even fall that far to nine. You know what? But I loved Denny at the start of the draft process. Mm-hmm. And the more of a deep dive I did into film and the interviews, <clears throat> things I heard about him from from certain places, uh, I think I'm glad we passed up on him, even if for even if it was if it was for a prospect I wasn't in love with. From from different things I heard about Denny, uh, I don't know if that that would have been the, a match made in heaven. 
uh, for a couple of reasons, a couple of different reasons. So, you know, if Obi, you want to think of it from a, you know, I, I, I'm always good for a, a positive Nick spin. You can always <laughs> get one of those out of me. If you're looking for the spin here, and it may not even be too crazy of spin work, I think, because I think it's accurate. They tried trading up to five for Obi, which means they thought he was a top yeah, five they, player they in the draft. High on him. Mm-hmm. So they thought he was a top five talent in the draft. He fell into their lap at eight. The fit is questionable with Randall on the roster, and they said, we don't care. You and I said on this podcast, we want them to take the best player available ultimately. Yep. Whoever Walt Perrin says, this is the best player available on the board right now, we, are, we need that talent. So go For get sure. that talent. They went and got that talent. It wasn't the talent you and I specifically wanted. Mm-hmm. They had him top five on their board. He fell into their lap at eight. They made the pick. They're not going to look back. They're going to make it work. They're going to have to make it work. I think Thibodeau is not a bad coach to no. make that work offensively. We've seen him, you know, in, in Chicago – he had people, people were comparing Randall to Boozer already. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, you know, him, him and Toppin are a little, not, not similar in, in, in many ways, but, you know, power forwards that will get killed on defense if they're playing the five are too big and slow to play the three are good on offense are questionable on defense. Got some similarities. I still think they try to trade Randall. I know they were trying to trade him, not actively trying to dump him, they they know the fit's not optimal, especially with Toppin. So don't be surprised if they move him during the season, especially if it looks like Obi's good enough now to handle that Randall workload, whatever it was Tibbs is going to give him. You know, obviously not the same amount of usage as last year. David Fisdale will not be terrorizing oh, Nick fans' TV screens anymore. So no, no. I think um, Tibbs is going to have have a fun offense built around this young athletic team. It's something they've talked about a lot, playing in transition, playing fast, getting out, getting out in fast breaks, uh, and a lot of that starts with good defense too. So now we're talking about defense. We're talking about having young talent. I got to ask you about the other selection we made in this draft. Bring a little bit of defense. We need that. Bring some shooting. We need that. <laughs> Bring some young talent. We need that. Emmanuel <laughs> quickly with the 25th pick. I'm going to start. What did you think about when you saw we took 27 and 38 and moved up to 20? Was it 23 with yeah, Utah? So what did you think about that trade? Then what did you think when they traded, you know, they traded 23 for 25 and 33? Um, and then traded 33 for the future second. What what'd you think about Brock Aller playing a little NBA I, 2K in real life there? And, yeah, man, and it was finagling us some some extra assets. It was something we never were not accustomed to as Nick fans. Um, we're accustomed to Steve Mills, you know, or whoever's in charge. Even when Phil Jackson was here, um, they kind of just always stay pat, and they just they don't really do any moves. So that was that, it was refreshing to see that because <laughs> it felt like every but every 20 minutes or something like that, something new came up and it was cool. It was cool to see. I liked it. Um, when we went back from 23 to 27, which is where we got Emmanuel quickly, I I was hoping Maxi would fall to us. Um, but then they took him at 23. I think maybe the Knicks probably were hoping that as well. Um, I think the Knicks were absolutely – I think the two guys they were looking at 
when they moved up to 23 was either uh, a maxi or a Hampton. Mm. I think, I think, um, I, you know, you and I might've been much happier with one, with one over the other, Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I think maxi and Hampton wanted one of those two as their second guy from the draft. You know, yeah, I, OB. I really liked, um, Tyrese maxi. I liked him a lot. I'll say this though. And I, I think this is something I said on Twitter. Um, I've certainly read elsewhere as well. I don't think I'm the only person with this opinion. It was uh, who who said it first was Prez. So shout out Prez. But but quickly, I think is gonna that that little Kentucky bump, that little Bam, mm-hmm. that little hero, that little hey, this guy can do things that maybe he didn't get to show that he could do at Kentucky. He's gonna be a little bit better than we were thinking. I think quickly's little bump is gonna be bigger than Maxie's to an extent where maybe at the end we say, oh, yeah, Maxie shouldn't have gone in the 20s. He could have gone in the teens. And we mm-hmm. go quickly. He People were saying 40s, 30s. I think yeah. 20s was perfect for him. I think he even could have gone in the early 20s, late teens because Emmanuel quickly, to me, has a killer floater game. Yeah, He's a killer shot. As a killer instinct, in my opinion, when I every and time I saw had, him play, he, he and he has defensive instincts. He knows what he's doing, and he, yeah. and he has the work ethic of mm-hmm. fucking R.J. Barrett. Like, like he he really yeah. wants to get better at basketball. I think that's a great pick, especially you know in a year where teams might not have as much information on these prospects as they'd like. We got killed for the Kentucky connections, but we know him better than other prospects. Mm-hmm. We can say Kenny Payne is this guy worth this pick. Do we want him on this basketball team? Like, you know him. Yeah. Is he a hard worker? Is he? And it really seems like he is. So, uh, you know, I'm not upset we use that Kentucky inside information in this case. I'm not upset at the pick. Um, no, I wasn't. Schwinn had quickly. Schwinn had quickly twentieth on his board. Oh wow! You know, pe- yeah. People had him in different spots. So I, I had him. Um... I, I didn't think he would go in the first round. I thought he'll go early second round, but twenty ninth I mean, on my board. It's not that big of a deal for me if so, they took him twenty seven, especially if they believe in him and they think that. I think it was twenty five. He's going to translate. They ended up with twenty five, I think, but same, you know, same range. Um, yeah, I had him twenty nine. I had him twenty nine on my board. So really, in a draft like this, not a reach at all. Yeah, honestly, you know, uh, twenty nine on my board. He could have been eighteenth on the Knicks board. He could have been 27th. Yeah. There could have been three guys available they thought were better. They said, you know what? This guy, just we can count on him sticking in the NBA. We can count on his mm-hmm. work ethic. Maybe that was the – who knows? Who knows what the reason for the pick was? But I'm happy we got him, man. He's, he's going to be a part of this young core. I don't think yeah. he is the young core. I don't think – you know, I think it's pretty obvious he's not anything crazy as a prospect. You're just – he's a guy that can stick. That's yeah. that's a meaningful acquisition in the late end of a first round that, of a draft that's just considered you know widely to be weak. I think that's a fine use of that pick. So draft overall, let leave with Toppin and quickly. I'm not mad at it. I no, I wasn't Obi, mad at all. I, was, I, was I think good. I think I'm coming around on Ob because I'm realizing that Brooklyn took D'Lo and Kenny and bought themselves two <laughs> superstars yeah. with the amount of hype that that that, that got them. RJ, Obi, and Mitch, Tom Thibodeau, I think we're going to be fine. Whether Obi's here long-term, he's going to make it – he's making it tough for me 
to want to use him as trade bait down the line. <laughs> New, New York kid, uh, hard he worker. He all he the just, right things. Um, dude, he's making it real hard. Himself oh, I hate it. He's on Thanksgiving Day. He's OB, making it. He's winning me over, man. Really, he is. I can't wait to see him on the court. He's making it like – I feel bad saying I'd throw <laughs> yeah. him in a Donovan Mitchell trade. You know, yeah. like before the season, before this season, it's like, oh, the eighth pick in a Donovan Mitchell trade, get that shit out of here. If they'll take <laughs> that, this draft's weak as hell. Get it, you know, it's Spider. And now, now after this season, Obi Toppin's going to be, I don't know if he'll be rookie of the year. I think he'll be talked he'll about be, as, yeah. as a definite, real young piece for the Knicks. Um, kind of the way John Collins is talked about for the Hawks. Like he's not been crazy, but that's a real. That's he can score the basketball. Mm-hmm. Crazy athlete. Like he's gonna get his props. Obi's gonna get his props. Some the the thing about Obi, he's the kind of player that casual fans I feel like are gonna love. And I know that's yeah, like a I was, weird I was about dig. To too, that's yeah. like a weird dig at Obi and at like like I'm sorry for the way that comes off, but like you know like the the, the type of fan that's like. Uh, I don't care about Russell Westbrook's contract. Just get me those high-flying dunks at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I want to make the playoffs. I feel like Obi does something for those fans. Like Obi, Obi will bring yeah, that excitement. The excitement back. Yeah. And then all he also brings the, the fact that he's you know young player on a rookie contract. He's a bit older for a rookie, but he's on that rookie contract, and and he's a young piece for us to build with. So I, I feel like he pleases both camps. It's a safe pick for sure. I think that's a guy Rose can say, "Hey, I hit on this pick just because he's going to be good at scoring." Um, so I know it's a bit of a safe pick, but I like the pick. I think, I think I'm fine with how our draft went. Um, only other thing about the draft, Miles Powell undrafted signing, uh, quick thoughts on him or that I like him as a shooting upside play. You know, even if you don't want him handling the ball, you just want him out there spacing the floor. Yeah. You get a jumbo initiator, right? Say you get, say we, we, we strike gold and we get Cade, uh, that's someone you can play at the one who isn't going to be handling the ball, but is, you know, he has to guard opposing ones, but because you're, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes for the listeners, like your point guard <laughs> in Cade is really listed at small forward. You can play that smaller player at the one, have that elite shooting on the floor to help space the floor out for your real initiator. I like Powell as a as a as a you know low risk pickup like that. Friends with Ob, been training with Ob, so yeah. can't complain about about that pickup. I like the pickup as well. He actually went very under my radar. I didn't. I never did any type of. Uh, I got a couple play. friends that are big Seton Hall him. fans, mm. so I knew about him. I've heard about him all year. Yeah, he went, he uh, so when I saw we got him undrafted, that was pretty great. Um, I don't think he's going to be some some crazy player, but I, I like the we'll pick see. Him. Hopefully, uh, they they are saying really good things about him. Works hard and he's a, he's a he's a professional, so we'll see about that. I do want to bring up um, some of the signings that we did. Uh, the first one yeah, I want to talk gotta about. Got to get into free agency, man. That's the first one I do want to speak about is Nernes Noel. Um, I personally have been wanting Noel on this team for a while. I really like his game, and I, he's he's just I, I feel like he's a low maintenance guy. You you don't need to like he's not gonna be asking you for the ball. He's not gonna. He's one of those cleanup centers. I call. Him. Yeah, exactly. He's, he he's, cleans he's, up an offense. Perfect. He cleans up a defense. Mm-hmm. He's just out there 
He keeps things job, tidy. He just, just doing his job. I love he's it. So solid. I love it. I love the signing. Five million dollars. It was five mil, right? For yeah, one, one season. One for five. Oh, man. It was it was a perfect signing. And I, I like think, it a lot. I think as a mentor too to Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, Noel is someone who has gone out, declined a big extension offer, mm-hmm. and then ruined his shot. Yeah. At trying to prove himself uh, deserving more, just with 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 off court stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. We've got a young center. We've got a bunch of young players on this team, regardless of just, uh, you know, position. So having that kind of locker room mentor, you know, having having a couple older guys on the team, uh, like some of our other signings really are the only older guys on the team. But yeah, they're, they're really not that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, we don't we don't got any real real old vets. So yeah, to me, Nerlens is a great signing. Um, yeah, I love the signing. I I think that the the biggest reason though it's a great signing in my opinion. When you're trying to develop a basketball team, you're trying to develop young basketball players, whether it be Barrett, Toppin, Nilakina, Smith Jr. You're trying to develop young basketball players. They're playing on an NBA court, learning every second they're out there, mm-hmm. trying to play. You know, they're, they're trying to play the right way, trying to execute the offense correctly. They're trying to they're trying to show their worth, right? A lot of these young guys. To be able to have the best player on the team, arguably, in Mitchell Robinson, get subbed out, but have someone go in who plays a similar style of basketball to him helps you a lot developmentally because now Frank... Frank goes in. He's trying to get, you know, he's trying to get uh, find his footing in the offense. He's trying to get, get comfortable. And they sub Mitch out. Mitch is his favorite lob target. Now he's screwed last year because Taj isn't catching no high-flying lobs. There's Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bobby Portis is not a high-flying. Now Frank is able to play the same style of basketball he was when Mitch was out on the court. It's just with the, in my opinion, slightly worse basketball player. And yeah. that's not a <laughs> – for a backup, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So five mil, one year, low risk, high reward in the sense that it's not going to screw up our draft position. He's not going to break out to be some superstar. We know what he is at this stage in his career. But I'm excited about what he is. I think what he is is valuable, even if not very valuable in today's NBA. Uh, it has value, especially if only in a backup spot. I'm totally with you that that's a great signing. I think it's one of our best. I don't think it's our best signing, but I think it's uh, – I'd go second best signing behind – I have Alec Burks as our best addition, man. Okay. It's just uh, talking about fit with the young guys. Burks hit more pull-up three-pointers last year than Marcus Morris. A good amount more, actually. Uh he can shoot the hell out of the basketball. Yeah. He can create a little bit of his own shot. He's got some. The thing is, I look at this team, I zoom out. We got Frank, Rivers, Barrett, Toppin, uh, e- even hopefully DSJ. We've got a bunch of guys who, if there's a ball going around the court, there's an offense moving. We got guys who can get the ball make a smart pass somewhere else, maybe dribble, put on the ground a little bit, then make a smart pass. You know, Rivers, Burks, RJ, Alfred, Frank. We've got a bunch of guys who can keep an offense flowing and moving. I think uh, our signings, even Noel knows how to make the right pass, you know? So yeah. 
uh, we made sure to bring in, you know, a bunch of guys who are not ball stoppers and, and Burks is probably the closest Burks and river is probably the closest things we got to ball stoppers. Yeah. And those guys are pretty good at sharing the ball. So I'm here for it. Um, I think it's going to end up in a style of basketball. That's just team basketball. And when you don't have a clear cut top talent or two, like, you know, Milwaukee or Brooklyn or any team with top, top talent, even Charlotte, not that great of a team. They have LaMelo. They have Hayward. They have their guys you know are going to get the ball the most. New York, I think we've created a basketball environment. Vets like Burks with skill sets that complement the young guys, shooters plus playmakers for secondary ball handlers, not as primaries. Um, but, you know, Burks and Rivers got some passing chops if they're, you know, uh, relative to other secondary or tertiary ball handlers in the league. I think they're, they're pretty good at passing. Uh, we're, we're fostering a basketball environment where guys can kind of go, go, go get theirs, go earn it. And I'm, and I'm not talking about having a bunch of guys playing like Marcus Morris last year, just trying to show out all competing for the one ball last year. It looked like we had five games, of one-on-one going on at once. And they were just yeah. sharing one ball between Randall, between Morris, Barrett, all trying to get their own buckets. Uh, this year, I think we got a bunch of guys who know how to pass to each other, know how to do it well, know how to shoot the ball, know how to. I think we're gonna we're gonna see the ball move a lot this year. We're gonna see and, this team move a lot in transition too. Uh, it's just a different style of play. I think is better for development. I don't want. I don't mean to cut off from talking oh, about the, the the sign the signings we got, but a lot of that does have to do with um, the coaching that we have now. We have Tibbs. Um, and really, I just the, the the biggest thing for me is I am confident that we are gonna play a brand of basketball that we can all be comfortable with. Um, I I think Tibbs is that type of coach that is gonna when we talk about culture, he's he's gonna like embody it because no one player is gonna be bigger than than the Knicks or like whatever. And he's you're sounding sure. a lot. You're setting this up to sound a lot like, and this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because Thibodeau says he talks a lot to Belichick, he know, like they're similar in some ways, oh, okay. and and they respect each other. You're saying right now sounds a lot like what Joe Judge has set up with the Giants this year. You know, that's yeah. my favorite football team, New York Giants. They're losing games, they've lost more games than they've won, but they're doing it in a respectable fashion. Like they're fighting. That's their all we can ask asses for. Off. Honestly, at this point. And Judge, we know, is a Belichick disciple. So, uh, you know, I'm seeing some connections here. I'm hoping Tom Thibodeau can have the type of season with New York that Joe Judge is having with the New York Giants. Yeah. You know, whether you're losing more games than you're winning or not, you likely will be losing more games than you're winning, both the Giants and the Knicks. Those losses are going to be productive. They're not wastes of time. The wins, you showed something. You showed something positive. And hopefully if we're winning games this year, whatever wins we do get, I don't think there, there's going to be many. I think we're gonna, there's going to be some. Uh I, I think they're going to be like earned wins. It's not going to be like Marcus yeah. Morris went God mode and bullshat his way into this victory into over the points. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Yeah. Like we shouldn't even have beat the Cavaliers. And because of Marcus Morris, we somehow beat the crappy Cavaliers. Like this year, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, RJ and Obi had like really good fucking games. But the team and they spread the ball around. And yep. Burks hit his shots and Rivers hit his shots. And Mitch was great on defense, and they actually beat the Magic. 
Mm-hmm. Like like I like stuff like that. Like, like yeah. I think we're gonna earn those wins, and those wins are gonna feel good. Like the way the Giants wins feel good. The Giants have players that are not part of their long term plans contributing to wins. The thing is, they have players part of their long term plans also contributing. You know, like it's not yeah. a bunch of mercenaries. It's not a bunch of one year deals going out and doing stuff for you while the kids are sitting on the bench. I think the kids are gonna get a chance this year to be part of the team be a real part of the team, not be the team, but just have roles. Like Knox is going to have a role. Mitch is going to have a role. RJ is going to have a role. It's not going to be go out and just kind of do what you think is best or however the offense flows, just adjust. Like, no, they're, like, they're going to have a plan. They're going to go out. Yeah. They're going to show up prepared as hell to every game. Trying that's one, to win that's one thing that a lot of players that played for Tibbs emphasized. And they were like, oh, no, I've never been like, fully prepared two maybe even three games ahead you know like this guy takes this super serious game um, planning man Belichick, yeah, Thibodeau, they're both they're both apparently ridiculous about it but i'm uh, here for it man i did want to talk about that with austin rivers so he had pretty much like i guess the best uh interview with the media um he said the, all the right things everything you want to hear um, and I, I saw some people trying to say like, you know, we hear this every year, you know, X, Y, and Z, this, this player comes in, he says all the right things, but then nothing, like nothing changes. I do think that there is a difference now with Rivers saying these things opposed to a Marcus Morris or Bobby Portis, uh, coming in and saying these things. Um, those guys, you knew they were coming in on a one-year deal on a very inflated one-year deal, and they were here trying to get the next big paycheck. Um, Rivers, on the other hand, came on a three-year. The last two are probably not – they're not guaranteed, but it's still a three-year deal for $10 million. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he got a guy and paid better elsewhere, um, but he decided to come here. He must have bought into whatever they proposed to him, and they told him, you know, hey, we're, we're really trying to build this from ground up, and – and he seems like a high character guy, someone that's seriously gonna, you know, take take this serious. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what what are your thoughts on that on on that aspect. Nah, I'm with you. I I love his energy, man. Talking about this team, talking about what he wants to build here. I am gonna say everything he said, exactly what someone who really does care about the Knicks, but also did come here because he knows we're dog shit and he can make a name for himself. <laughs> yeah, I can get the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. I can try to show out. He's betting on himself because if he thinks he can come here, show out, be part of something, and then you realize that he signed for three years. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wait. He's not just set. Like, he's here. Like, I love that point you made about the contract length. Because you're like, oh, he's just trying to boost his value. He's just trying to have a good year. Nah, and get out of here. If he has a good year this year, we and, keep him for another And we keeping him. <laughs> yep. And it's not up to him. Yep, that's right. It's, art. it's he, non-guaranteed, the contract. He won't be telling us, I'll oh, be back, but player, you got right? to give me a pay raise. No, he can't say no, that. No, we decide if we even bring him back. And yeah. if we do bring him back, it's going to be damn affordable. Like, I, I can't believe it. And it's Austin yeah. Rivers. This is not someone like worth like losing sleep over. You know what I mean? Like it's this is not some crazy talent, yeah. but it's a talent that said, you know what? They're actually trying to build something. I'm a, I'm gonna get in on this now. And we're gonna stink this year, and he's gonna be here for it. And he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of hate after some losses. I feel like oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like some people are gonna see him and be like, you didn't pass enough to RJ this game, and we lost. What was the point of all that? Like, 
You shot two for ten this game. Rivers, what are you Rivers doing? Rivers feels like the type of player that we're winning and we're we're on a streak and he's playing good. He's got the whole city behind his back. We're all gonna yeah. love him, but I also think he's gonna get called out real quick for shit because mm-hmm. if we see him look RJ off and take a step back, he did it to James Harden this year a couple times. You know, like yeah. I think he's got no issue doing it to RJ Barrett. Who, sorry, and as an RJ Barrett mega fan, like I can't wait for this to change because it's going to change. As of right now, RJ hasn't proved shit. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Austin Rivers would not be totally out of line to say, I am like a decade older than you, and you are not that good yet. This is my team right now. I'm going to take this shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, he wouldn't be super out of line to do that at the end of a shot clock, right? Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited, though, overall for his fit. Uh, I'm going to be wanting to get a Rivers 8 jersey. I can feel it already. It's going to be a fan. Him and Quickly going to be two fan favorites. Oh, Quickly for sure, yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, Burks, Rivers, Noel, even bringing back Alfred Payton. People people complain about that signing Ooh. a lot. Personally, that, I didn't like that yeah. signing when I saw it. I had a feeling of almost like, you know, you know what hurt about that signing? The offseason was going so swimmingly yeah. up to that point. And I was like, <laughs> This FO is different, man. This is different. We we building something different. I'm feeling good about. They bring back. We bring uh, back Alfred. CAA Alfred Payton. I'm like, I'm. I've been one of the people pushing back against the anti CAA, the anti Kentucky yeah. narratives. I'm with. I'm with that. You want to set up those pipelines? Set that up because that's a super successful program. That's a super successful agency. Set up those pipelines. But Alfred Payton, man, I can't help but feel. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, there was really no better option besides DJ Augustine that was realistic for us. Or, or Jeff Teague. Augustine. Yeah. Jeff Teague sucks. <laughs> True. <laughs> and the, the problem with Teague is you, you want to say, oh, I'd prefer him to Peyton, better shooter at least. Mm-hmm. Teague played for Minnesota when Tibbs was there. He did not like Tibbs, bro. He said yeah. to the media, his defense is outdated. Yeah. And he won't listen to me about it. Like he said that, like, I don't think that was an option. He went to go play for a contender. Mm-hmm. Why was he coming to, why was he coming to play for a coach? He doesn't like on a losing team. Yeah. It's Jeff Teague. And we and can't then, get, uh, we can't, we're not in a position to sign Jeff Teague and we get Alfred Payton and people are complaining. It's like, I think, I think we got to chill. <laughs> Yeah. I know we don't like Alfred, but I think that if unless we can't people convince, wanted to pay, uh, what, and we have DJ Augustine three years, twenty one million. That's I, the years. I'm not doing the that. Years. Yeah, no. Well, I think I think one of the things I was most confident about putting out there going into this offseason was that the Knicks were going to stay away from multi year deals. They do not want to commit multiple years of cap space. That's one of the things I was consistent about. I'm gonna go on Twitter a second. This episode is up and dig up, see if I can dig up old tweets of mine. Cause I think that's something I said. I'm pretty confident. I said, I, I knew that's what I, I knew that's what I thought, whether I tweeted it or not is to be discovered. We'll see if I was smart enough to tweet my own thoughts. Cause I, my thoughts were correct, which were that they're not going to commit multiple years. Cause they want to be ready for anything. Yeah. Leon Rose, when he was representing LeBron James that year, the decision, I wasn't even a basketball fan yet. I was eight, bro. I was in the second hey, grade. Jesus. <laughs> I was in the second grade when LeBron went to Miami. I was. But, but I, I Leon was, was like his agent. agent. And what I learned about that free agency 
you know, in the future of it happening, obviously, <laughs> um, was that what sold them on Miami was the flexibility to bring both yeah. Wade and Bosch and James, or all three of Wade, Bosch, and James have all three. Because everywhere LeBron went, they told Leon Rose and LeBron, they said, all right, pick Wade or Bosch. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Who you want? You can bring either one. Just pick one to bring with you. And these teams thought they were doing the LeBron like a favor by letting him pick Wade or Bosch. And Miami's like, we got room for all three. Let's do it. And they're yeah. like, oh, you got – you got, all right. <laughs> like, that's what we wanted. We didn't know that was – you got that? All right, let's do this. Like, Leon Rose knows you need that flexibility to make things yeah. happen. So I'm like, Scott Perry gave up literally everything we had to get cap flexibility. And you're telling me they're going to throw that away for DJ Augustine? No. I can't see it happen. And that's why it didn't happen. That's why after this year, hopefully we're never going to have to deal with Alfred Payton again. I hope so. (laughs) But we're going to deal with him for this year, and I don't think it's going to be the worst because I don't know what the other options were that were better. No, me either. I don't think there really were a lot of options. And and I feel like the people complaining about Payton are the same people saying they want this team to make long-term moves. Yeah. But – I don't know. I think they're not realizing that Peyton was a long-term move, not in the fact that it was a long-term signing. It wasn't, but in the fact that they didn't make a signing instead, that would negatively affect us long-term if we weren't able to move that contract easily. And we had to. Yeah. I think some fans are just, they're, they're, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but they, they're sick and tired of losing. I get it. We all get it. Just got to give these guys a chance. It was uh, Leon Rose's first all season. I think he handled it well. Um, they they didn't do anything stupid. I know that that bar is super low for us to like for that to be the bar for the Knicks. But whatever, I'm 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 cool with everything. All the signings they did. Um, I do want to get into what your expectations are for a few of these players. Um, mostly the guys that are coming back. Uh, our young guys, the the main core. Uh, the first guy I want to talk about is RJ. What what are your expectations, or what are some some things you really want to see out of RJ? I did see that you tweeted that out yesterday, I think, or two days ago, something like that. And I I did respond to you. Um, but I want to there know were some there were some good responses, you, and yeah. what, and what yours was was pretty in line with where I'm at. Um, some specifics. I want to see him get some playmaking opportunities. Mm-hmm. I want to see him operate with some real spacing for once. You know, the joke, RJ Barrett, we, we got to see how he looks with NBA spacing. Yeah. Uh, Cause we still don't know. We still, we still don't know how he looks with NBA spacing. The Knicks just didn't put out NBA level spacing, even though they're an NBA right. team, it's a problem. <laughs> um, I want to see that free throw percentage go up. Yeah. 62% is not going to cut it, man. And that makes me not confident about his other like areas of his shooting, you know, like, like three point shooting any like pull up game. Drew I think, Hamlin, they I worked think on that shot. Emphasize on that during his, uh, yeah. His, yeah. And, and they got, they apparently him and his trainer, his trainer works with, with Tatum, with Kelly Oubre. His shot looks a little more like Oubre's now. He got that elbow a little yeah. bit out. He got that a little bit out. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, and he's, go, he's going, yeah, anymore, he's yeah. not covering. He's got the elbow out a little bit. For those of you that can't see us, we just. We look like, we look like idiots <laughs> on the camera. Um, but 
I want the, I want to see that free throw percentage go up because I think that even if not this year, that'll lead to good things down the line. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to see him have more chances to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want him standing around waiting for Marcus Morris to force him into a position where he has to do something. Yeah, because there's not a lot of, enough time left on the shot clock. I want to see like a lot of plays be like, let's get RJ Barrett moving, mm-hmm. cutting, open something. Yep. Get him doing stuff. I want to see RJ Barrett doing stuff. Really. Yeah. I don't want him waiting around. I don't want him scoring exclusively out of flow of the offense, transition buckets. I want him getting the ball and being told to do something with it. It's not always going to go well as part of development, too. Yeah. Is letting these guys screw up. So I, I just want him to get chances. No, I'm yeah, I'm I'm really high on RJ as well. Um <laughs> if if anything, we know that he is a really hard worker. Um, I do think him and Tibbs are going to fit well. They're going to gel well together. And mostly everything you said is pretty much where I'm at as well. Um, I do want to see the free throw percentages to go up. I want to see his overall efficiency to go up. Um, yeah, I, efficiency is another big one. I, I, I've been yeah. telling people, don't expect a statistical jump. Don't expect yeah. 20 points a game. Don't expect, hey, if he gets there, that's great. My fear is if he hits 20 points a game, it's because he's shooting 35% from the field. Yeah. So I, I want to see the same stats as last year. What he, last year? Because last he year becomes he even did, more effective as well. Yeah. He did fourteen five and two point something like two and a half. I want to see sixteen five and three. You know, nothing crazy, mm-hmm. but I want that to be on better efficiency because that's a yeah. lot of it too. I, I think getting into specific statistical. Uh, projections, predictions is kind of fruitless most of the time because those stats need context. But to con- to contextualize those stats, like that would be with better efficiency. I want to see just you know slightly better stats, but much yeah. better efficiency. Or I-, I don't know how happy I'd be if it was way better stats, crazy stats, but equally as bad efficiency. It's like you're just letting him do what he was doing more often. Get him yeah. doing more productive stuff. Mm-hmm. Get him downhill looks. Get him looks in the open floor. No, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in him and in Tibbs putting him in the right positions. Um, I just, I, I, I'm confident. I'm confident. That's all I'll say. I'll keep it short with RJ. Um, now, I did want to talk about Mitch. What are your thoughts on Mitch? Where do you think? he improves or what do you think he has to improve? I can go first because I caught some heat the other day for just implying that I need to see improvement on Mitch. Um, Some guys, some guys think I'm saying, get him out of here as soon as possible. I just need, all I'm saying is I'm keeping us honest. And I think he has to improve in a lot of aspects in a lot of areas um, in his game. I do know that, He's elite, you know, he's elite as a rim protector, as a, as a lob threat, but there's a lot of areas he needs to improve. He needs to improve at least as a playmaker. He can't pass out of the post or even once he gets an offensive rebound, he just goes straight up. Um, rebounding itself, I was going to say. Rebounding itself as a defensive rebounder, even offensive. It, I mean, he's, he's a pretty good offensive rebounding, rebounder. But pretty good. Yeah. Defensive rebounding, <laughs> boxing out. That's the thing, those little like setting good screens. Setting good screens, exactly. Really That's boxing out, well. those little yeah. effort things really need improvement i just think this is the perfect coaching staff to get that improvement out of him don't jump I, every pump fake um uh, you know just I think get, it would getting, say getting the fouls I, down as well i i see him having a big improvement year this year 
Um, again, not same with RJ, not in terms of totally expanding his skill set, adding a whole new dimension to his mm-hmm. game. I just think from with what he is working with right now, what he what he already is good at doing, clean up the better. parts. Yeah, exactly. Clean just up the parts it. of that. And it's not it's not even just about specializing to what he's already good at. It's not about keeping his game the way it is. It's just about cleaning up like all right, we know he's good at defense. Defensive rebounding, that's a part – boxing out's a part of defense. Clean mm-hmm. that up. Now that's already a different impact, right? What you said, biting on, on pump fakes, clean that up. Clean up the fouls. Clean up on offense. Uh, get, a, get him a move. Can he get a move? Yeah. That AD, one dribble post hook. If Mitch is able to get a screen from OB down low, come around to the elbow – Get the ball at the elbow, take one dribble, and dunk it. That's more offensive that's more motion. <laughs> that's more on-ball movement than he's done in his entire career in total. Yeah. And that's a that's two points right there every damn time. Mitchell Robinson. Imagine Ennis Cantor trying to guard that shit. Mitchell mm-hmm. Robinson, one dribble, drive like like step in and dunk. I just can't. A follow he needs to time. add that. He needs to add a move. He needs to t- tidy up some parts of his game. I think he can do that. I think he will do that. I think if he does do that, he's primed for a very good year. I don't think it'll be a huge breakout. I don't think it'll be because you know because Nick fans know he can do it all. I think it's going to be a breakout for fans of other teams. They're going to say, "Oh shit, this guy's starting now and doing all this stuff that he was doing in spurts off the bench. He's doing it all game long. He's pissing me off because he keeps stuffing my favorite point guard on my favorite team. <laughs> this guy's a problem." That's what I want him to get to this year. Just, yeah. oh, shit, that's a young center. That, that's going to cause a, some problems for my team down the line. A lot of that, um, a lot of that also kind of goes, goes back into, I, I wrote down, I want him to, to be able to at least stay on the floor for 25 minutes or just, you know, for whatever, whatever his role is at least. Because he's averaging, his first season, it was, I think, 20 minutes per game. His, this last season, we saw him a little bit more, even though it was off the bench, but he, I think he was getting decent minutes. It was 23 minutes a game. Um, yeah, he, he has to learn how to stay on the floor. Um, the foul issues got a little bit better last season. He he kind of controlled it a bit, but we, we, we need to see that because I feel like it's, you know, that, that payday is coming for him soon, and the Knicks are going to have to make a tough decision whether they want to keep him or not. Um, so, I don't know. That That's where I'm at right now with Mitch. I love the kid. I think he – I think he's good, but we need to see how where what areas he can actually improve in. Um, what what are your thoughts? Uh, actually, I wanted to speak on uh, Kevin Knox next. Um, I've been real rough on Knox. I I will admit that, and he's I, gonna. I think I, I'm still gonna be rough yeah. on him, but I I'm, I think we're going in the same direction. Um, you beat me to it when you tweeted it out. I don't remember when, but you tweeted it out, so when you beat me to it. Um, I do think. If there's anybody on this team that will benefit from somebody like bringing in someone like Kenny Payne or um, Tibbs, I do think it's Kevin Knox. He is like a player and a person. He's that type of player and person that needs the coach that's going to be a hard ass on him. Like, he doesn't need a Fisdale who wants to be his best friend. Like, no, he needs someone that's going to, like, literally yell at him and tell him, like, come on, man, like, get get your head in the game, you know? 
Um, I think he's really going to benefit from getting an actual role. They're going to be straight up with him and tell him, like, this is what I need you to do. And I've been saying, do with Knox what Miller did with Frank. Get him mm -hmm. a role off the bench, small amount of minutes, but consistent. Yeah. Consistent. Whether he's great or terrible, same amount of minutes next game. Yeah. He puts up 40 in 20 minutes, you play him 20 minutes again. He puts up zero in 20 minutes, you play him 20 minutes again. Just for the first couple weeks. Consistent Mm -hmm. role. And if he earns a bigger one, he forces you to put him on the court more. Well, shit, that's a great problem to have. That's a great thing for us. Trade Bullock. Trade someone for a pick and and make room for him. I I don't think he's going to make a huge stride. Yeah, I I was going to say that. I don't think he's going to be some monster. I don't think he's scoring. I don't think he's scoring sixteen or seventeen a game. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's doing anything like that. I just think he's gonna look like a real NBA bench wing. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the exact same thing. We don't. We we shouldn't want. Well, I mean, of course, we can want him to break out and to look. Yeah, like sit can, here. Like can hit Mitch his, DPOY, RJ most improved. No, yeah, RJ, exactly. RJ MVP. RJ MVP. <laughs> Knox most improved. Frank six man, Mitch DPOI, we, we, <laughs> Nick's first seed, Thibodeau coach, coach of the year. <laughs> we can sit here and w- obviously, obviously, and that's the thing, Chris and I, like, like you and I get some shit on Twitter too when we have realistic goals about Nick's players for not yeah. wanting the best for them. Obviously, we want the best for them. I just don't think it's fun to sit around and lie to myself, bro. Like, I'm yeah. not about to sit here and be like, no, I, I think RJ could get 30 a game this year. Like, if we really like, <laughs> no, no, he cannot. And not I'm not going to sit no, here and no. tell myself that. Not yet. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and tell myself that. <laughs> I think it's important to have realistic expectations yeah, for, for sure. players. Knox being one of those players, it's important to not expect too much out of, in my opinion. You hit it right, you hit it right on the head, you know. Uh, we – for me, I, all I want is for him to look like an actual NBA player, whether it's a starter, bench, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as he, he looks the part and he can actually come in and contribute. Not, none of this, I don't know what we're getting out of him today. You know, no, we like, I, I need him to look solid for the whole season. Um, and the same goes, I, as much as I love him, I love Frank Nilekina, but the same goes for him. I, I need him to to establish himself, whether whether or not it's at the point guard position, two, three, wherever they want to play him. Frank's um, not going to be at the one, yeah. I don't I, think so. Yeah, wherever they want to play him, it's off ball. But I think, something. yeah, we need, I we think need him to establish himself. I think it's going to be tough for him because they're going to be giving Dennis Smith Jr. minutes at the one, um, trying to at the one, and then I think because they're playing Dennis Smith Jr even though they want to play Frank at the two next to him, what the hell are you doing if you're two ball handlers or Dennis Smith Jr.? Like, like <laughs> first of all, people debating who to pick. Imagine you're telling them that in, in, four, in three years, the debate is which one of them is our backup point guard. Yeah, uh, you know, back, sure. but, but, but regardless of that, um, I think if those are your two guards on the floor, I don't think you're, you're scoring many points. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think even if they, they want to play both, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough to find Frank minutes. I think they're going to find Frank minutes, though. Macri's been reporting he thinks it's going to be tough to find Frank minutes, that they might move him. I think it's going to be tough to find him minutes to start the season. They're not going to move him. This kid has survived like 16 different front offices at this point. 
I'm going to say that he, I'm going to say that he finds a spot in the rotation. Yeah. Forces them to not move him. Even if the front office wants to move him, I want Thibodeau begging not to Mm -hmm. move him. And I think right now you ask Thibodeau who he'd rather have between Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilekina. I think he takes Dennis Smith Jr. and he doesn't even look back. And I think you give him a chance to work with these guys for a little bit and learn about them more than their upside and all whatever other words you want to use. I think, I think Frank's going to be his, his guy. I think, I think Frank's going to find a spot in this rotation. Yeah, man. Um, you, you did, you brought up DSJ. I have the exact same expectations for DSJ as I do for Kevin Knox. I just need him to, I, for for how bad his season was last season, and a lot of that being uh, a physio just being terrible and him going through a lot off the court. Um, just the other day, today actually, I was watching the Knicks game, and his body language, like he just wasn't there. He he, he wasn't there on the court. I would I I would like when I was watching, I was literally just looking at DSJ and seeing how he moved on offense and on defense. And is just a completely different player from from what he was in Dallas and what he was even those first few couple of games when he got here. It was just a completely different guy. Um, this season is make or break for him. It really is. Um, if, if if Tibbs can't get something out of him, and I, I I did tweet this over the summer. I I don't know, man. If if Tibbs can't get anything out of him and he can't look like at least you know, uh, a bench piece or someone that can contribute to a team. I don't know where, where we go with him, where he goes with his career also. Cause you know, I, I, I don't know how you see it, but for me, I do think this is make or break for him. It's tough. And I think the athleticism, everything else, like, like he buys him G league spots at the worst, mm-hmm. you know, for the next couple of years, but man, for the people who were saying when he was at NC State that he wasn't going to be anything and that he was too much of a ball hog, his athleticism was carrying him, and and once he gets to the NBA level, it's going to get exposed and all that, and people called him crazy and, what, this kid's clearly insane. Those people are, are sitting back real relaxed right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they don't care at all what's going to happen because they were out on him from the jump. I think that's what I'm noticing yeah. is that people who are out on Dennis Smith Jr., whenever they decide that they're out, it's not much going forward for them. It's just they're out on him. That's just – and I don't think he's going to make them majorly regret being out on him early. Uh, I think he'll stick around. He seems to me like a like a talent that, that just is going to keep getting shots. Um, I don't know if I buy his work ethic. I don't want to say he's a hard worker. I don't know if I – I don't know him. I don't know – nothing about his work ethic, you know, has been reported – to, to be to stand out to anyone we just keep hearing about this upside this potential he's got yeah. huge potential it's all tibbs keeps talking about as well just and last year bondy watch out for dsj keep here and he's the most oh, improved man. and they if, loved him in camp last year he dunked over mitch and they loved yeah. it and if, this if happens anything, every that... year i'm telling you tibbs is gonna love him at a training camp and then there, he's gonna see him play against nba guys He's going to start missing a lot of jump shots, and we're going to see how much Tibbs loves him death. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's all, I mean, you can only go up from that type of season. I don't think he can For real. regress even I think, more. I think he's going to get minutes off the bench. I think he'll impress 
just because of how low the expectations are for him across the board. I think if they move him pretty soon after he quote unquote impresses or whatever it is he does, don't be surprised if they can't move him because he was bad. Jeez, that's going to be rough. <laughs> Got to just decline that fourth, that, that just, you just let him walk, right? Like, is that what you do? You just let him walk. I guess, I, I guess, I guess that's what Leon would do. I don't if they can't, it's, it's tough, man. But yeah, if, if anything, I hope he just gets that trade value up. At, mm-hmm. Randall and DSJ, round. Randall and DSJ for someone, for some point guard is the <laughs> yeah. obvious. Randall and DSJ for Bledsoe. There it is. There's the move. I, I actually wanted to ask you, how, where, how do you think Randall looks this season? Because better. I don't know, man. I, yeah, for sure, better. I, I feel like I can't help but just feel like. To the people who who want to just dump him and like literally get nothing back or or just get a second rounder, I I get it. He's that would be terrible. better for the team long term. Yeah, keeping it but, real. Lo- like oh, man, I don't know. On paper, on paper, yeah. that is better for the. The problem is like you're not developing anything. If you like, look at the Hawks last year. Yeah. Like, what were they developing? Like, they were just losing. They were just losing professionally, losing. Like. <laughs> Randall's one of those guys, like, you have him on the team, him and Toppin. Same thing we're talking about yeah. with, with Mitch and Noel. Problem is that with Mitch and Noel, it's easy to say, Mitch, 30 minutes, Noel, 18. There's your 48 minutes at the center position. Randall and Toppin, it's like, well, you want to you wanna get both minutes, but you don't want to play them next to each other. You can't play them both with Mitch. You can only play one with Mitch. If you're playing right. one with Mitch or Noel, then the other, the other one of Mitch and Noel isn't on the court. Like, there's, you gotta, it's harder to find them both minutes because you're going to want to play them both. Randall, it's not like Randall sucks. Randall's not as, uh, as bad as Noel. And, you know, I say that in that way because it's like he's not I actually. I see you, what you just did. He's like, 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 <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah. like, like, you get, you get what I'm trying to say. Like, it's yeah. harder to find minutes for both Randall and Obi than it is for Mitch and Noel. But it's that same kind of dynamic. Think about it. You got Mitch and Noel. You got Obi and Randall. You got Alfred and DSJ. You got RJ, Burks, Rivers, Knox, Frank, quickly. We got like a fun little team. We suck. We fucking suck. We got a fun little team, though. (laughs) Yeah. We got a fun little team, though. Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Payne, Johnny Bryant, Mike Woodson. We got a fun little team. I'm hyped for this season. Uh, I, I, I I think with someone like Randall, you know, if you can move him, you can move him. And, and if it's for the better of the of the team, better fit overall, do it. I don't think having him around is the worst thing. It's not going to kill us. I'll, I'll say that. I, I am I am in on getting him out, but I'm not out on him as a player. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the same page. I, I also caught some heat for saying that I think some of the heat he takes as a player is a little unwarranted because – He's not. He's not a terrible player. Like he's. He's not that bad, in my opinion. I think like whether or not whether you want to accept it or not, he's probably, I guess, the best player on this team. Like, there's no player on this team that you can give the ball to and say, "Go get me a bucket," right? Like he's, I guess, he's right. the best that we have now. Uh, yeah, especially um, last year once we traded Morris. Yeah, exactly. But right now, now you can kind of give. You, I, I don't I'm know. thinking I, maybe Burks. RJ. I guess maybe, I'm thinking Burks. Maybe, I'm yeah. thinking Rivers. 
I'm thinking if RJ has a has a, a huge pop of a year two. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Like Randall, yeah, giving the ball on the low block, especially this is why I want to either like this is why I'm kind of okay with having Mitch and Noel, Randall and Obi, like keep mm-hmm. that style of play up. Whoever between Obi and Randall is playing against bench dudes, they're gonna feast. Exact yeah. The word I was going to mm-hmm. use is feast, bro. Obi's going to feast on bench bigs. Randall's going to feast. Whoever it is, and maybe it's both. Maybe Twib swaps them. Like, like Tibbs, Tibbs starts one and quickly subs him out for the other and then swaps them back. You, you know, like maybe yeah. he just has them, treats them as the same player and is like, Obi is better, I think, but Obi's also young and learning how stuff goes. Yeah. So I'm going to play you both 24 minutes a game. Like literally just – on off one off one one off one on swap back like that's not going to happen he's going to find ways to get them to... both involved more but like that that's you got something going there we, we have some, to we have scoring to also think going. about uh about covid like what happens if god forbid Mitch or Noel or someone I don't know right they someone gets sick player goes down then what like what who do you plug in next right i mean i'd, I'd like to believe in amari spellman that he can play a back of five roll or four wherever you want to play right. but i'm i'm okay I, look I, i'm not saying keep randall here past this year or even past the deadline i'm fine with trading him i'm if anything right. i want to trade him but as of right now we are such a young team i i haven't looked it up i don't know where we rank as far as you know the entire league if we are the youngest team or not, but we are so young and we don't have a guy on this team that we can give the ball to and that can carry an offensive load. And I know it's ugly. Um, it is ugly. It's very ugly, but Randall can put up 20 and 10. And that's whether we like it or not, but that's, that's the truth. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. I, I, that 2010 thing everyone's always like randall 2010 guy 2010 it's the most useless 2020 it's the most it is, useless know, and painful yeah, most painful it's ugly but 2010 i ever seen in my life but it's 20 <laughs> but it's 20 and 10 so you know it's not a lot of guys who can go out and do that i want to i want to close out the pod um i want your one one blurb, one couple of sentence answer. I can't, I was going to limit you to one sentence and I can't, you need more nuance than that. Vegas, 30.5% of 72, Chris, 30.5% of 72 is 21.96. Round that up a little bit. You get 22, 22 wins is the, is the line over or under and why, in as, in as few words as you can, we both answer this question to close out the show, uh, I think I think is a good way to, to, to close out the episode. Uh, 22. So I, I go over. Uh, we talked about this a little bit pre-recording. But for me, I go over. I think the Tibbs effect is real. Um, Mike Miller was able to squeeze wins out of this team. Uh, when he took over, we won. I think we were on pace to win about thirty something games, to um, under Miller. And for me, Tibbs is a far better coach than Miller was or Miller is. But <clears throat> I think I think I would say if I had to put a number on it, I'd go uh, anywhere between twenty six to twenty eight. 
anything above that is overachieving which also i will say i know you asked me just this one question but <laughs> i will say if, no, if, if, we, if we overachieve that is not a bad thing i do know that we want that top five pick the top 10 pick but if this next team is a borderline playoff team and i don't think we will be but it if won't we because are, we don't have the talent for that we yeah, literally don't it's like, we can, like we don't have yeah. the ammo for that to fight that battle. I know we, we'd be showing <laughs> yeah. up. We'd be showing up to a war with water balloons. Like yeah, even if we did make shots. it, even if we did, bro. Yes, <laughs> sitting, sitting there singing water balloons at tanks, dude. We just don't have the firepower uh, no, but, to even get that many wins. I, that's why I. That's yeah. why I like the situation we're in, though, because whatever we do. It's a win-win uh, situation. Uh, to happen. That's how I see it. We, we, it's real. It's a real earned win. It's real earned progress. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Twenty-six to twenty-eight. Yeah, you stole my range. It's my exact three-win <laughs> range. Is twenty-six to twenty-eight. My number, obviously, right in the middle of my three-win range. Twenty-seven and forty-five. My projected record. I'm with you on the over. Hypothetically, because I'm not twenty-one. So, so only in a hypothetical universe, I did bet the over. Um, a lot of people on Twitter tell me, you know, Chris, how do you root for tanking? You're not a real fan. You're not a real Nick fan. If you want them to lose, you should be rooting for them to win every game. I'm going to be, I got money on the over, man. <laughs> I'm going to be hypothetically. I might, I put, I potentially have money on the over. I'm going to be hypothetically rooting for these wins. Um, I'm never rooting for this team to lose. I just think once right. we get to that point of the season, where it's like okay, then, then winning okay, isn't getting us any. Winning isn't getting us anywhere, and it's not like when you get to that point of the season where the wins become the difference between uh, Luka Doncic and Kevin Knox. Then you have the conversation. But going into a season, man, I'm trying to see this team win some games. I'm trying to see this team make some progress. I know you feel the same way. I know we're both excited for this game on Friday. Get this season started. I'm ready, man. Uh, I think that a. That about closes us out for for today's episode, though. First episode back. Feels good. Feels Nothing good. like it. Feels good. I cannot wait. Just I'm gonna just I'm gonna just have to breathe and be like, how do I feel right now? This first Nick game back. We're officially first well, game back in nine nine months. I'm gonna just be sitting on my couch in disbelief. Yeah. And and also yelling at Julius Randle and Alfred Payton, but in disbelief mostly. <laughs> so we'll we'll be back on the show talk about how some of the preseason games go and probably uh and probably have another episode before the, the season really starts up yeah. or if not right after it starts up to talk about first couple games either way i like what we did over the off season based on you know our circumstances i'm excited for this season i'm excited for for everything uh you know we're gonna see from this team development wins losses all of it it's all part of the process hopefully tom thibodeau leon rose really start to build the you know they they get the start of something great Mm -hmm. um and show that they've got it this year so that's what i'm rooting for man it was great to be on the show back on the show with you and likewise to, to, (laughs) to the listeners thank you guys for listening stay safe everybody And we will catch you next time on the Bleed Orange and Blue podcast. Thank you. Peace.